You're listening to the In Search SEO Podcast by Rank Ranger. podcast for painting the town red with succulent search marketing insights super spectacular show for you because we have a spectacular guest yosef silver seo and culinary expert is here to talk about creating content the coveted content that ranks well reads well and shares well we'll get into searchability shareability how to create content that's findable and that pops tips and tricks for a content structure that engages, and how to achieve content zen, finding a good content balance. But before that, adapt or die. Why refusing to look at content, the SERP and SEO with fresh eyes might be killing you. I am your host, Morty Overseen. I am joined by she who loathes sarcasm, Sapir Carabello. (laughs) Yeah, totally loathe. You sarcasm. hate sarcasm. You do. I, I even you like. Was that sarcastic? I don't like that. What are you talking about? I'm the I most know. sarcastic person. You are not. Yes, you I think am. you are. That is not true. No, I am. Are you being okay, sarcastic? Maybe. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> you do not have a sarcastic bone in your body. How are you, by the way? I'm good. How are you? Um, uh, I almost broke my ankle. I'm not joking. I didn't tell anybody. So, of course, we're not in the office. We're still at home. So, no one knows this. I almost broke my... I've been sitting here with my leg up like in like a bandage for the last week. No one even knows. What happened? My children. (laughs) My children happened. (laughs) I was playing the greatest game humankind has ever created. Baseball. Oh, come on. And my one of my nine, I have two nine, I have nine year old twins. I, was, I have two nine year old twins, but that's redundant because that means then you have do we have four children or twins or two? I have two. I have I have one set of twins. Very confusing way to say this. I have one set of twins who are nine years old. They're both boys. We're playing um, baseball on a basketball court because the, where I live, baseball's not a big thing, unfortunately. So one of them hits. I thought he was not going to hit this pitch at all. I thought it was a terrible pitch. I'm like, I'm, I almost like, yelled out. Don't swing because they get really upset when they strike out. And he yeah. hits it like really far, like way over my head, way over the other kid's head who's playing out in the field. And the, the his nine-year-old brother who's catching the ball throws it back, trying to get him out, which never this, this never works out. No one ever gets out when you play with three people. If you know baseball, that's self-evident. If you don't know baseball, just trust me. Whatever. He throws okay. the ball. I try to catch it to get the, the his brother out. And I didn't see that they, they dropped the bat right where I was stepping. And I slipped on the bat. Oh. And I, I <laughs> pounding the floor in pain. Oh. And then one goes, are you all right? I'm like, so no, sad. I'm not all right. You know what the first thing I did, of course? What? I blamed the children. Of course. First thing, like, <laughs> who put the bat here? Why did you drop the bat here? <laughs> So not only did I did it was I excruciating pain, but I had, then immediately felt guilty for blaming a nine-year-old for dropping a bat where exactly he was supposed to drop a bat. Okay. So I tried to smooth wow. that over and hobble home. And then the best part of the story is my wife's a nurse. 
Yeah. Right. So I'm like, yeah, hey, my my ankle. Look at this thing. It's like swollen. And it's like a like a, a thing the size of a tennis ball on like the left side of my on my left ankle. <laughs> and this doesn't look good. She's like looking at it. Yeah, all right. You know, put some ice on it, whatever. I'm like, is this broken? Like, what's going on? I'm like googling it. Like, is it? She's like, I'm like, she's like, well, never do you, do you... Google, never Google your like injury or symptoms or anything. You're well, that's the problem when your wife's a nurse, because like they see all these like, horrible things. So, like this was like nothing. I'm like, I don't know. I think it's broken. She's like, well, do you want to go to the emergency room? I'm like, I don't know. You tell me. You're the nurse. She's like, yeah, whatever. You can go if you want. I'm like, oh my god, this is, this is ridiculous. She's like, you're a freaking nurse. Like, I don't know. Tell me what to do. I'm like, all right, we're going. We're going. So we left, and then I sat there, and it wasn't broken, but it hurts like a it hurts like a mother. It still hurts a week later. It, it's a it's a mess. Okay. Hope you hope you'll feel better better soon. I hope so too. It really hurts. Yeah. I don't like pain. Okay. What's your prediction, Morty? To quote Mr. T from Rocky. Three. Pain. Pain. Okay. okay. Do not forget we put out a new episode of the Insert SEO podcast each and every Tuesday. You can find it on the Ring Greater blog. You can find it on Stitcher. You can find it on Spotify. You can find it on SoundCloud. Or you can find it wherever great podcasts are found. And, of course, you can find it and you can subscribe on iTunes. Also, don't forget when you want an awesome Rank Tracker that goes beyond just rank tracking. That tells you when your keywords are at risk of being removed from page one of the SERP, or rather your URLs are being removed from page one of the SERP, or when you are ranking above the fold, or not ranking above the fold, or what helps you track keyword cannibalization in two easy clicks. I kid you not. You want Rank Ranger. Head over to rankranger.com. Sign up for a 14-day free trial. No credit card necessary because we are not spammy. All right. Awesome show for you today. Had a freaking ton of fun talking about shawarma and SEO with Yosef Silver. All right. We talked about. You hate shawarma. You hate shawarma. I love shawarma. (laughs) Whatever. I'm not going to get into why you don't like shawarma because that's just ridiculous in its own right. (laughs) Okay. Okay. But we have great stuff coming at you about creating well-rounded content. But before we get to that. I personally do not think we appreciate how drastically the way users digest content and what they expect out of that content has changed. So I am about to show you what happens when your SEO and content strategy fall flat. So there are a lot of verticals, a lot of sites, a lot of whatnots, a lot of what have yous that are stuck in an old way of thinking. And I think, and I, I don't think they realize, or I think we as a collective community realize that we are in the middle of a shift, a very, very big shift. A shift? A shift. It's when uh, in baseball, when the, the second baseman and the shortstop move over between second and first base. To stop a left-handed hitter from getting a hit. That's the shift in baseball. Not talking about that, obviously. I don't care about baseball. Ruining baseball, by the way. The shift is ruining baseball. The shift I'm talking about is one of those big moments in history where content consumption is changing. Um, and, and how we consume content, what we expect out of the content is changing. And, of course, it's hard to see something when it's in the middle of changing, but it's changing. Do you have an example? Sure. Um, zero click searches are the, the prime example of this. Readers don't know. Uh, readers don't know. Readers don't want to read anything 
other than a snippet in some cases, right? They don't want to see more than a snippet of content for those super top level keywords. You know, the temperature outside today. Don't want to go to a site. Don't need a click. Right. Just one right there. Don't make me go to a website. Um, they don't want, they don't, even that, that click and the waiting for the load time for the page, even if it's super fast, they don't want that. They just right there immediately on Google. Um, that mentality is a, is a shift. They mentally expect immediate answers, which Google and the SERP, of course, give them. Uh, and yeah. I think we're just sort of, you know, coming to terms with that now, maybe, right? Google is just giving people what they want. And in these cases, it's really nothing you can do about it, about it because what we consume and how we consume it has changed. And, but I want to show you, okay, like this goes beyond zero click searches because I think we get hung up in like these like um, SEO buzz topics. And they totally blind us to the larger, broader scope of change. Zero-click searches are just one part of a broader set of changes that I think are happening at the moment. Um, and, and, and it's like one of the – I'll tell you, it's like one of those moments – I think we've talked about this on this podcast when we talked about zero-click searches. It's, it's like the 1960 presidential election. Do you remember when we spoke? Here's a history question for you, Sapir. I'm testing you now. Here's a teacher that I am. We spoke about this on the podcast before. What was unique about the 1960 U.S. presidential debates? (laughs) It was the first live TV debate. And even though, oh, right, 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 I think you mentioned. This I before, did. Yeah. I just told you we mentioned it before in the podcast when oh, we talked right. about zero click searches. <laughs> I don't listen to you. I'm that's sorry. that's quite evident. <laughs> but the whole thing was like, like it was Nixon versus Kennedy. Nixon looked, you know, he had like a five o'clock shadow. He looked grumpy. He looked frumpy. Some other word that ends in P. And there was Kennedy who looked dapper and sexy and a full head of hair. And it didn't matter what they said. <laughs> Because Kennedy just looked good and Nixon looked like crap. Right. And that was a big shift in how people consumed that sort of content. So we're in the middle of one of those sort of changes. Um, and I can, I can give you an example of this trend, okay? Because I, I can't define the whole trend for you and offer you. Here's all the examples because they're limitless. But I'll offer you one case about this trend that I think is more prevalent than we think. And what trend might that be? Oh, great guru and prophet of all things, search and content. Oh, you do do sarcasm. Look at you. Look at you. Mock me all you want. Mock me all you want. Go ahead. I don't care. That is evident. I always do. Behind my back, too. I heard what you said behind my back, by the way. I'm not happy about that. (laughs) The, The trend that I'm talking about is that entire verticals of content, entire approaches to content, that we take it to be institutions of content are 100% irrelevant. Okay, that was a clickbait. It's not 100% irrelevant, but you know, more or less. Do you know what I mean? Oh, master of analysis. <laughs> Stop speaking in riddles and enlighten us with your wisdom. Ridiculous. Um, bite me. Bite me. No thing. No, no thing. <laughs> I'm delicious. Um. <laughs> Your your sarcasm aside, I am the case I want to talk to you about is documentation, technical content, thing of the past, total thing of the past. You just don't really want it, at least in the way it's being written and presented. Don't want oh, it. That, that's crazy, Morty. Seriously. So now I can't tell you being sar. You're like the the person who cried wolf, the little girl who cried <laughs> wolf. Are you being sarcastic now? Because no, it's not crazy. It's totally <laughs> not crazy. Who uh, well, Anyway, I didn't hear you. You made a comment that I didn't hear. 
No, that's okay. You have to speak up when you make fun of me. (laughs) Noted. Mainly because I have a big mouth. I just keep talking. Right. But it's not crazy at all, by the way. The technical content is irrelevant. It's totally not crazy. Google, first off, everyone hates technical content. Totally not crazy at all. The documentation should be irrelevant to a certain extent. I mean, Google doesn't think so. And here's the case. I did a search for how to use Canon M50 as webcam, which I don't know what a Canon M50 is. It sounds like a machine gun, but it's not. It's a, it's a, it's a webcam. It's a, it's a digital camera, which I didn't even know people still use, but okay. Which site, Sapir, do you think ranked on the SERP for that query? Again, the query was how to use Canon M50 as webcam. What do you think? The way you presented it, I know it's not going to be the right answer, but I'm going to take the bait. Canon? No. No. Okay. No, Canon did not rank <laughs> at all. I got a video feature snippet. Not at all. Not wow. at all. I got a video featured snippet for some YouTuber, and the rest of the pages was all videos, all of it. Okay, and guess what kind of content Canon didn't really create here? Uh, video? And very good. And what content do you think they went with? Okay, since since you mentioned it before, I'll go with technical content. Technical content. Boring, dry, sets of directions, blah, 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 okay. blah, blah. No oh. one cares when you write that way. Okay? They did not create the kind of content that you think should be there for the user if you understood user intent. And the kicker was, by the way, that they tried going after this keyword. How do I know? Because Canon does rank. It does what? rank. I thought, I, th- I thought you said they don't. Oh, no, they do rank. If you search for how to use Canon M50 as webcam plus canon.com, so you have to include the actual website, the actual domain in the query, then they do rank, but below a video box. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Like, it's, no, it's amazing. Canon.com for them to rank. Yes, and they still don't rank number one. They still rank under the video box on top. Like, subtle hint to the user, right? Towards user intent, right? Right. Super subtle. So, you were the sarcasm today. That's three in a row. I know. I'm the sarcasm queen. Let's not go that far. (laughs) I'm not sure. You're the queen of many things, none of which are sarcasm. I know. The kicker is, right? Again, the kicker is they tried. Another kicker. Another? No, that's the same kicker. Ah, it's the same Same kicker. kicker. Okay, okay. We're kicking a lot of things today. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a they, they they try to rank. It's a page where you can download documentation. Oh, boring. And on it it says, "Hold on, I got I got to pull it up. I got to hold on a second. I wasn't prepared. I'm sorry. I'm a horrible boy scout. I was a yes, horrible boy scout." Um on the oh, no, page cookies. No, that's girl scouts. Totally everything. Yeah, no. Don't want to get me started with the Boy Scouts, please. It's a total... You don't discriminate genders here. You don't want to get me started with this. We're going to stick to the topic, okay? When you go to okay. Canon.com to see how to use the M50, the all-covered M50 as a webcam, Canon has a page where you download documentation, blah, 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 okay? But they have a nice little like snippet of content that says, with so many of us relying on video calls to stay connected during these challenging times, the caliber... Of that connection is key. Turn your compatible Canon camera into a high-quality webcam now. Learn more about the benefits with our intro video. So they are trying. They're using the documentation page to like put like marketing schlock content on there with a link to some videos. <laughs> but you know what the problem is here, Sapir? Tell me the problem. You know what the problem is? That they didn't embed the video? 
Right, they didn't embed it there. You have to go to another page to get yeah. to that video. We're like, you can just get this on the SERP. We'll just get this on YouTube. Okay, the whole, okay, take a step back. The oh, whole crazy. format, the whole everything here is just totally off. Okay, adding yeah. a sentence is not going to do a damn thing for you. Hell, in this case, you could have written a million more sentences of marketing, whatever. Google wants the video there. The user wants the video there. Now, if you click on the learn more about how to do whatever, you do get a link to um, a video, two videos, two very unclear videos by their title. I don't know what the heck I'm looking at. It is the, uh-huh. the, the videos have nothing to do with that particular model, but they have to do with that, that line of camera. Okay, the title's not relevant, and the content was so not YouTube. You know when you go to YouTube to see the explainer video? Mm -hmm. I know because I watched Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of explainer videos about how to do this thing with the camera. Don't ask me how to do Mm -hmm. it. Didn't really care. Wasn't really looking for that. I have a terrible memory anyway, and I hate directions. It's not my thing. It's you. You go to YouTube. Okay, Sapir, you go to YouTube. You see like an explainer video. It's like some YouTuber. What? What, What do you get? What? What do you get when you hear the YouTuber explain how to do something? Yeah. You get like very informal, very like laid back. Here's like, you know, I want to show you how we use this and here, check this out. Let's just laid back. Let me show you how to use this thing. Very, you know, not like step by step by step. Like step one, insert this. Step two, download this. Step three, do this. It's like way less formal. Right. It's just like, you know, here, let me show you how to do this. Right, the qual- and then it's like a review of the product at the same time, right? Um, you know, this is, it's really great for this. You can see that you know the camera, the picture looks really sharp. Here, let me show you how the let me show you a picture of the camera, and let me show you how the the picture looks on the screen. Looks really good. Sounds really good. Looks really great. That's not the kind of video that Canon created. It's like very like formal. They they, they try to have like a YouTuber, like some sort of a you know quasi you know a uh, um, fake YouTuber, and it's like very step one. Do this. Step two, do that. But you're not showing what the video looks like. You're not really showing me how it actually works. It's like very like it, – it's like they try to be hip and cool by using like right. their documentation as a script to do this. And it didn't work. Right. It just totally didn't work. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Come on, it's up here. You got to comment. Right. Just give Google what it wants, people. You cannot win. That's my entire point here. For a lot of these queries, documentation content is so old. It's like so old school. And I get it. This is my point. Documentation, technical content is a content fixture. It's an institution. Like we feel like we must have this kind of content. This is just, you know, what you do when you create a product. You have this kind of documentation, right? And blah, 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 blah. And by the way, the the canon here couldn't get out of that mentality, to such an extent that, like, okay, they saw, okay, we have to get out of this a little bit. Like, they, they, they do kind of see it. They created that video. Yeah. But that, that video doesn't sound like people expect it to sound. It sounds like, you know, okay, it sounds like if you had somebody who created the documentation reading the, the video, uh, reading the, you know, the transcript or the, the script for the video, that, that's how it would sound. But I mean, like, sc- screw it. Just kind of should hire a YouTuber, embed the video onto a page, do a short how-to to accompany the video. You might, if you want to have the full set of detailed instructions because, you know, you can't let it go. So fine. Some users might want that. You can put it there or put it in a downloadable PDF at the bottom of the page. Whatever. I don't care. But for this kind of stuff, like, you really want super – Do you, let me ask you, Tessabir. Do you really want some kind of, like, super technical content piece or some super dry video or some <laughs> super technical PDF? Come on. You're young. You're hip. Tell a boomer like myself what it is that you uh. want. Spill the tea. <laughs> 
Spill this tea. Spill it all over the Come counter. Come on, Morty. You're not a boomer. You're a millennial. Don't sell yourself shirt like that. I am not a millennial. First off, I am like there are there are there's a term. I think they're called zennials. So people born between 1980 and 1985, of which I was born in, not 85 earlier, okay. who don't feel like they're millennials, which I don't at all, <laughs> and they're called zennials. Uh, we, so you have like old soul, soul. That's what you mean? No, it's just when I'm just not a millennial, even though like I was born technically at the very beginning of that period. So of course we have to have an, another label for ourselves. I'm a zennial, whatever the hell that oh, means. Oh, zennial. Okay. Right. <laughs> No, come on, do people anyways, really want this? I agree with you. I, I, I totally agree with you. I would much rather watch a cool, you know, uh, easy video than read a whole, I don't know, technical PDF. Right, even the video people has to be cool. People are lazy. I mean, our generation is lazy, you know? Just... I'm not lazy. You're lazy. Because <laughs> I'm a zennial. <laughs> We're all lazy. No, nope, on. only millennials. Zennials like me are not. We are very uh, type A on the ball. No, but it's right. Okay, like it's like it's like you know, it's like you want to watch the video, and if you're gonna watch the video, by the way, don't make it a Hallmark movie. Make it something exciting. Make it something engaging, which Canon did not do. Hallmark. You and my wife. It's terrible. Oh, horrible. Oh, they're so cute. <laughs> hang myself, they're please. They're always so heart flattering, you know. Kind of. The worst crap on the planet. But the point is. No. I can't God, believe you. Are you Hallmark? <laughs> I grew up on Hallmark movies. It's they have such a crap. Place in my heart. Crap. <laughs> it's, not, it's just crap. Please. You, you kill me every time you say something like that. <laughs> oh, my God. The point being, back on track. Yeah. Here you have a well-optimized site. Beautiful. Go to Canon's site. It's a great site. Well-optimized, technically proficient website. Spending tons of money creating content that nobody freaking wants. Why? Because no one actually went to the cert to check out what's going on and to check their preconceived notions at the door. Because three seconds of research would have made a total difference here. Total difference. So, so get rid of all the technical documentation? That's what you're saying? No, most of it, most of it. Okay, think about it like this, okay? When that stupid bitch of a virus we all know as COVID-19 came around, Google said write health content that the average reader can understand. Oh. Right, that, that speaks to the user, that's translatable to the user. Can you understand half the crap in documentation? Be honest, come on. Yes, yes oh, because I'm smart, but no, if you it's for people like you, Stop I mean... giving me a hard time. Just say the truth. What? What? You don't read documentation. You don't like documentation. No one does. It's a pain in the ass. Documentation a lot. The first thing I do when I open a box with documentation in is throw the damn thing in the garbage. (laughs) Can't stand it. No one wants it. Okay? Simplify it. Okay? In this particular case, because Canon didn't check their preconceived notions, and at the same time, wasn't really genuinely willing to abandon outdated institutions, which is why they created that video. Like, hey, we'll create the video. People like videos, but they really couldn't throw away that institution and really um, adopt how people want that kind of video to sound. They totally missed the boat. They, it is total garbage what they created in the end. I, I apologize to Canon. What they should have done was simplified it, 
turn it into a nice how-to, plain language, informal language, did you do a, do a real video explainer? And most of all, research some queries. See, yeah. right? Users, do they really want a step-by-step breakdown? Do they really want that formality here? I mean, look, half the world is sitting at home, working from home, not wearing pants anymore. How formal are we, really? Please. <laughs> Am I? That, but that's my point. Like, the world is changing. Content is rapidly changing. We're at a 1960s you know, presidential debate, TV debate moment, which we don't think, I don't think we really realize. And we're still hung right. up on these institutions and not really adopting or adapting, rather, to what should be adopted. And in this particular case, you can see that they just get can and just gets killed because of it. Right. Totally gets killed. And I can ramble on more about this and rant on more about this. I'm sure you can. But it's the perfect time step here to segue to Yosef Silver on creating well-balanced content that speaks to people the right way and speaks to search engines the right way and speaks to social media the right way. So hit it. Here comes another search marketing expert. It's time for an in-search interview. Welcome to another In Search SEO podcast interview session. Today we have not only a prolific industry speaker, not only a search engine journal author, but a man after my own heart, a kosher food connoisseur. Give it up for the founder of Kansas City's Fusion Inbound, Yosef Silver. Welcome. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So really important question to kick this off, shawarma or falafel? Shawarma. Shawarma for sure, right? Shawarma. Yeah, with amba. With with harif. (laughs) Yes. No one knows what we're talking about right now. Right. Right. Went straight into the foodie stuff. (laughs) It's good. It's like spicy. It's like shawarma, by the way, in case you don't know, is like a gyro, I guess. Is that how you would describe it? Yeah, I think it's gyro. Yeah, it's the same thing, basically. Right. Uh, More or less. Um, Lamb or chicken, though? Lamb or turkey? Turkey. I like turkey. Really? I like lamb. And then the amba is like a spicy mango chutney, I guess. Right. Um, Which goes really well on anything. See, I don't know, like, I know lamb is, like, the king of meat, whatever. It just has a weird taste to me. Um, I think when it's cooked right, it's, it, when it's cooked badly, it's not enjoyable at all. When it's cooked right, I really enjoy it. Right. Well, I'm not a, I'm not a good cook. So, maybe that's what it is. Although my wife's a good cook. Go. Anyway, we can talk about kosher food from now until tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> 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 But we're here to talk about content. So you have this thing called um, a five-step ideation process for, for content. We're basically trying to get content that's good content and also content that ranks well. Um, you want to just walk us through that a bit? Sure, absolutely. Um, what I like to think about when we're creating content for the client is making sure that we're not just creating. I hate seeing like content plans that are like, oh, once a month, on the third of the month, we have to publish a thing. That's not how I like to approach content. I would rather get the client buy-in to create really long-form content that ranks, that delivers, generates leads, whatever the goals are, and making sure that it's you're not building content for the calendar. You're building content for the user. Um, and there's a, there's a number of things I think of that, that when it comes to content, it's not just the content ideation process, it's not just the content creation process, but I think a lot of places that will fall down is uh, the content distribution process. And you might invest hundreds, thousands of dollars into creating some masterful piece of content, and then it just sits. And I think that content distribution piece um, and repurposing the content has to be a massive step 
uh, of these five steps. Okay, so um, speaking of that, so what, how do you distribute it? What's the best way? Um, so, I mean, first of all, know where your audience is. So you don't want to like have a massive Twitter strategy if everyone is on like right. explore.com or whatever it is. Um, so, uh, know your audience, um, and, and create the content that is correct for that audience. So even if you are creating video content and you're putting it on like Facebook and YouTube, you know, are you, uh, optimizing your, your end screen for subscriptions off comments, things like that. Don't treat all platforms the same. Um, and really know where your audience are. Um, I work with a lot of real estate agents, which I know is an, I know that's a niche that a lot of SEOs hate. Um, I discovered that in preparing for a presentation one time. Is it real estate? I never uh, know that. Why is that? What's wrong with real um, estate? It, you know, I, I think it's the competitive nature of it. Um, I found that creating a ton of local content and positioning my real estate clients as almost, uh, city ambassadors for where they live has been really successful. That makes a lot of uh, sense. We, we've taken clients who, like, had the very generic, um, out of the box franchise website that they were given that didn't rank for their name and like built out great content strategies, which has then fed their social strategies too. So, I mean, um, a quick, a yeah. quick point on real estate brokers. So we moved yeah. from, um, Baltimore to Israel and we had, so we had a real estate broker halfway across the world. That uh, person great. for a long time was a, a point of contact for everything. I, I mean, really, I mean, they, they kind of blew it in the end of our personal experience, but they, they really had the opportunity to sort of become a, 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 super, a local super authority, if you want to call it that. Oh, totally. They know the neighborhood. They know the city. So some of our, one of my largest real estate clients, he, you know, COVID hit. We all shut down. We're all in lockdown. And he was like, I want to be of service for people. And overnight, my team and I wrote an article. It was like 151 things to do with your family while you stay nice. at home. And there's all this fear going on. And we like got all the virtual tours and cooking classes and free apps and whatever it was. And we put together this massive piece of content. And not only did that resonate really well with his um, audience, um, but he sent it to his peers. So among his peer group, he was like, celib- I mean, this piece of content was like really well received. But it, it, the whole position there was like, how can we be of service? Not how can we sell, sell, sell. So we want to create that value in everything we do. Um, another really great piece we've done, um, when it comes to long form, um, think about things that aren't out there. Years ago, I was working with a client that was, um, in accounting and we realized that on every letter that IRS mailed someone, there was a four or five digit code and you could go and like go to the IRS and look it up in the database and spit it back. But there was no glossary of all those codes. So we crawled that database and like wrote this like, master oh, list awesome. all that stuff so it's finding those niche opportunities that like no one's done yet and are relevant and helpful when when you go long long form because you mentioned it before also like long form content how do you balance that with reading like readership in, in, in a world where the intention span is what, like what eight seconds right um that's a really good question um it's a couple of things um i we try and i try and write in short paragraphs and then space it out so you have a short paragraph and maybe a sentence try and grab people's attention also the placement of your visuals. Mm-hmm. So if you try and like in a, in a, you know, responsive world, that's not as easy to be mindful of. But if you can try and place a visual just at the bottom of the fold or bottom of the screen as they scroll or as their attention might grab, something like that, um, has been pretty helpful. Yeah. I, I think people don't realize that you can use images as a, as a, as a way to break up the monotony of your post, even though like I don't really need an image right here, but yeah, but it's, it's just a break. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, 
two other things I do. Um, we do a lot of email marketing. Um, although I got into SEO about 15 plus years ago, uh, I've got really involved in email marketing in the last probably five, six years. Um, animation, animated GIFs and emails, um, will push up your, your click through and then, um, things like that. Another thing is, um, we have clients that do video content and including a transcription. Now that's not a new trick. Uh, that's not something that like hasn't, it's not like a surprise to, to include a transcription, <laughs> but, uh, people often don't take that effort. And there's, there are great AI platforms out there now, but mm-hmm. you don't have to sit there and type it out or you don't have to go back and get the transcript. Uh, there's some great ways to do that through artificial intelligence. What do you use by the way? If I can put you on the spot and ask you, um, I use a uh, trend. Okay. So we'll definitely throw a link into there and check it out. Because uh, yeah. we use that also for the podcast. It's a big help. One of the things, by the way, you just mentioned about about chunking your content just to make a, a point. So I used to teach in um, Baltimore City and yeah. I had a lot of kids in my in my class who had special um, accommodations that they needed to, to learn. And the most common one for kids with ADD or kids with ADHD is um, I think they called it chunking. I don't remember exactly what they called it. But it's you, you, instead of having like a massive piece of text that you have to read, you just take a piece. Right. And then you, you pull it out and then you do another piece and then another piece and another piece. It's not overwhelming. If you could set up your content where you have a bunch of headers or subheaders, it's really the same principle. You just yeah. use the headers as a way of sort of like making it not seem so, that's what I'm looking for, um, overwhelming and just like, oh my God, I have to sit through and read 15 minutes of this. Right. And it's also a good way of structuring your content, not only for readership, but for search. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like. I might be wrong, but like in the early days when we were starting to see answer boxes and starting to see like featured snippets on the front page of Google, and we're like, oh, what's where are my links gone? Um, content that was formatted really well before we had a formality of schema or structured data. If you were just using headers properly, that was what grabbed those spots. Yeah. So it's it's good for search too. On on the image thing, by the way, just I'm going to ask you. I love images. I'm an image person. I don't like stock images so much. I mean, as much as I can avoid them, or you know, the typical stock, you know, someone smiling, whatever it is, I hate them. But finding a good image that's a little bit unique takes a long freaking time. Yeah. When you're searching through your images, you're trying to find an image. Just like, what do you do to like cut that time down? You know, um, a few. It depends on the client. Uh, some of our clients, we've actually coached. Phones have become so much better at photos. Um, I used to be into photography. Oh, cool. So I've been able to coach some of the, like, my clients and like, Hey, if you're out and about, like take photos this way. Nice. Like here's how to frame a shot. Best. That's the best case scenario. If a client is on board and available enough to do that. Obviously a lot of people are too busy and they just need that content. Um, I use a re- reverse image search engine called Tinai. Okay. Uh, Tinai.com. It's a plugin in Chrome. Um, and before I buy a stock image, I want to see how many other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, have used that image. I remember once I was on the London Underground. I was on the tube, and I'm looking at like an advertisement. And I'm like, I used that image last week. I know. I totally know where this guy got that image from. Right. I'm like I, I like I have rights to that image too. And I was like, that shouldn't be in a national campaign, right? <laughs> um, and we have the tools that I think. I think. I mean, you and I and everyone, people listening to this podcast, we see the internet very differently than the audience we're catering to. And we know these tools exist and we know how to be better and it doesn't take a lot of extra energy. Um, and it can make that difference. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a total, total, total game changer. If you have like a really unique image. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I, I mean, before I got into search, I mean, in high school, I was doing graphic design for a magazine. Like, oh, cool. Like oh, nice. That's, that, that's a great photography, graphic design. What don't right. you do? So like, I had that creative background. Like, I remember like, God, I remember being like a 10 year old playing with Microsoft Word and like making magazines. 
Um, <laughs> but like, we'll throw together, or I'll throw together like images or like, we'll create a lot of custom stuff. Yeah. Um, to offset or to, to offset the stockiness. Yeah. You can definitely, there's definitely, you have, I use a basic, um, screen grab uh, tool called Snagit. Yeah. But there's a lot you can do to mess around that image to make it look a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. It's worth or it. crop it. The way you crop yeah, it. Yeah, the way you crop, crop it. Yeah. Platforms. Um, yeah. Um, Joey, actually, we're talking about the, um, the content calendar. So, okay. I'm generally not a type A personality, but when it comes to content, I'm a little bit, little bit of a type A personality, only because I have so many things to do. So yeah, I'm okay. writing a piece of content at the same time. Like, okay, I need to plan this out. Like, if I don't plan this out, if I don't write, make a calendar, I'm going to write this now. And I'll post it then. It just won't get done. So how do you sort of balance it? Like if a million things to do, I gotta, I have to have a calendar of some sort or a schedule of some sort, or it's just gonna get lost in the shuffle of everything else. So we we have content calendars and we have like regular cadences of content for our clients. Um, but there's like room in there. Like we're not gonna go more than six weeks without a blog post, right? But we're not gonna be like publish on the fifth because the corporate guideline said so. Um, and I've, I've worked in that environment that's very like, oh, the 10th of the month is email day. <laughs> right. um, um, so <laughs> there is something to be said for like creating like something your, your audience are coming to expect and them like knowing what to expect from it being valuable. Um, generally what we do with a content calendar is we'll plan out three to six months content ideas at a time. We'll revisit those with the client at the top of the month and basically say, okay, which one's next? Like what's mm-hmm. resonating right now or what has changed? Like seasonally, like, um, especially right now, like with COVID, like we scrapped a bunch yeah. of our content mm-hmm. and wrote for our medical clients who we were writing like how to address emergencies or what to look out for, things like that. So, um, you have to be nimble. You have to be flexible. Um, we write ahead. Like if when we onboard a new client, we might write the first three, four months of content. Mm-hmm. So we're already ahead. So, yes, I'm saying we're not writing for the calendar, but we want that regular cadence and we want it to get approved. Um, we also generally keep a backup piece of content on deck all the time. So that way, if something has changed drastically in the landscape, in the business or whatever it is, we're not like, oh, our content doesn't work anymore. We have nothing. We have like whatever's pre-approved and backed up yeah. and ready to go. Yeah, writing but- ahead is very, very important. It gives you a lot of flexibility. I mean, yeah. like, right? Currently speaking, as we're recording this, who knows when I'm releasing this? I mean, I do know it's on a, it's on a spreadsheet somewhere. We're in the middle of the – I don't remember. We're in the middle of the, the, the May 2020 core update, which right. means whatever I had planned to release next on my content calendar is scrapped. It's the core update is coming next. Right. So having that flexibility, like, all right, I, don't, I, I, I have something in advance. I can scrap that. I have some flexibility. I can push it off for two weeks from now. It does a it does a lot for you. It does a lot for you doing other things besides writing. Also, like I have fifteen articles already set up. I mean, fifteen is a lot, but I have a couple articles Maybe set up. I know, no one does. I just threw that number out there. No one has fifteen articles. I have Maybe a, I have five, three, maybe. But there now I can go. do other things until then. I will say though, um, we had a client that we were working with, and we did a content analysis, um, and we basically identified like kind of the eighty twenty thing. So eighty twenty uh, percent of the content from eighty percent of the traffic. And we basically repurposed that 20% of like, they had hundreds of articles, like years of archives. So we repurposed the top 20% of their content and their new content from the previous six months. And she was a prolific writer. She was an author. She was a speaker. And, um, we built out like a 15, 18 month social media calendar. I mean, talk about type A and spreadsheets. <laughs> like I had all sorts of like beautiful, like, um, 
concatenation <laughs> rules in the spreadsheet for like uh, all our UTM tags and our tracking, but also rewriting captions and and then basically the heavy listing was done. And having it available doesn't mean we have to use it. Like when we were t- like re-promoting the same piece of content on Twitter for a year, like it gets boring and it stops mm-hmm. resonating. But we have the option. I'd rather have more social to choose from than. Less. Yeah, I mean that's a nice balance. By the way, you, you have old content that you could sort of repurpose. It does like, wow, look at all the things they're talking about. Look at all the things they're writing right. about. Yeah, okay, they, you don't realize when you, on social media they wrote that three years ago, but right. yeah. exactly, exactly. And um, I mean, evergreen content is good, and refreshing content is something we. It's definitely part of the process. Like we're we're um, actually onboarding another real estate client. My real estate clients, we're in Kansas City. <laughs> real estate is going well right now. I, I hope it's still going well by the time this airs. Um, but Corona hasn't been bad for real estate around here. Interesting. Um, and we are, so we're onboarding a new real estate client right now and we're basically gutting that content. We're basically dividing my afternoon today is dividing their website into the content to keep the content to rewrite and then the new content. What are you looking for? Um, I mean, they have Everything. a lot of like, they're ranking for a lot of event content, which is no longer relevant. Oh, that's, like, that's no, a whole, right. That's a big problem. Three years ago. Right. And that's really the only thing they're ranking for. Not good. Uh, By the way, right. n- note to self, or not to, note to anybody listening to this, just because you're ranking well doesn't mean that it's good because you could be right. ranking for something totally irrelevant. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's going to be a fun afternoon. So how do but you... I, I, I like the planning stage. I like the data. I mean, we all do. That's why we're in the space. Right. Um, but we... Um, there are some great tools out there for your content ideation. Um, you asked me at the very beginning about like my, my process and my steps. Um, one of the things that I think is key is to get that client by, and it sounds obvious, they've retained you, mm-hmm. but you don't want to be like convincing your client why. Like get that, build that trust, build that relationship, show them the data, but don't show them like a screenshot of analytics that makes no sense to them. <laughs> Speak their language. Um, and I mean, there, there was a client we worked with. We, uh, took over from another agency. I was like, hey, can you send me some of the recent reports before we start the process? They're like, well, what do you mean? I was like, well, could you email me? Could you forward me like the last three months of reports? And they're like, what do you mean? I was like, can we meet for coffee and go over them? I was like, yeah, sure. And we met for coffee and she like came with this binder nice. that they, the agency mailed. No, the agency mailed a binder quarterly. That was their reporting. There were no email reports. That's insane. And it was just screenshots of Google. That's Alexa insane. Apple. And I was like, these are like, this is your reporting? <laughs> so yeah, speak the language. <laughs> we did win terrible. that account. We're now doing their content too. Uh, we're doing their PPC and their email as well. Cool. But uh, yeah, speak the language. And it, it goes both ways. Speak the language your clients speak, but also speak the language the audience is speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to jump back to something you were talking about, the um, the content calendar for again for a second, because it just oh, hit my okay. mind. I love content. I love content calendars. That's when we keep talking about it. But um, do you ever think about... the the frequency of your of your posting in terms of authority. In other words, if I'm going to be a part of the conversation, if I'm going to be part of this, you know, whatever topic it is, let's say it's local real estate. So I'm going to be part of the local real estate scene. If Google wants to see me as a reputable authority on it, then I need to post frequently enough for them to realize, like, okay, I have a, a stake and I have a say and I have a I have a um a sense of trust and authority because I'm posting often about it. I'm a I'm a very vocal proponent of whatever topic we're talking about, and you can clearly see that by how often I'm posting. No, I absolutely agree. Um, I think um, that is that is a that's an area where your content distribution as well as your content creation comes into play. So we'll leverage Google My Business for local related content. Um, we also our content isn't just writing blog posts. Like we are writing 
we're actually in the middle of writing like neighborhood guides for some Perfect. of our clients. So it's like walkability score, best gym, best uh, grocery store, how many minutes to whatever. Um, and going beyond that, um, we we have like a check in on that. Like when a new store opens, like we we have a a spreadsheet of um, all the attributes that are in there. So if like the barber shop closes closes down, well, we change that out in the content too. But then we refresh that content and we sort of weave it back into our show, social schedule too. I mean, that, um, I mean that's very authoritative that, in itself. Exactly. And the other thing we do is again, we do, I mean, we do a lot of email for our clients. Um, I really enjoy weaving that in. But we can link, like, if we have a new listing, we don't do a whole lot of like new listing emails. We've kind of moved away from that. We go more into our content promotion for our emails. But we can say, hey, not only is this the, is this the property, but we have this sort of uh, local guide. Um, again, going beyond that, we've got great internal linking going on as well because we have content to link to. It's not just a bunch of houses. Right. Um, yeah, I'm wondering when you're talking about you're doing something like this or you're doing, you're creating those like really authoritative content, you're creating, you know, um, really prolific, deep lists of what's going on locally. How do you, I mean, it sounds, it's, it's great. It's, it's wonderful. It doesn't really sound sexy to a certain extent. Maybe I'm wrong. How do you take something like that that's really authoritative, very comprehensive, then push it on social media? Like, Check this out. You know, part of it is 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 we're selling lifestyle. Like we're selling a dream. The visual is important, and that's true of all content. Uh, be it a social post, and you, you, it kind of builds on what you were saying about the stock images. Yeah. Um, when I give a presentation, when I speak at, at events, I don't like a lot of writing on my slides. My slides yeah, are yeah. very vivid. Same thing. And it keeps that attention. So if we are building content. That is boring. We wrote a guide to, um, it was, you know how in the MLS system in the States, like there's all sorts of abbreviations and things like that yeah. in home descriptions. And basically the reason for that is it's kind of like when Twitter started, it was, it was a character yeah. and they haven't updated it. Um, we wrote a guide to all the local, like floor plans and all these. I mean, that, that piece of content ranks for like 300 different terms. That's awesome. Right. It's almost like a glossary. It's a glossary. Yeah. It is boring. <laughs> but, but the images are of like people being lazy in bed with a cup of coffee or right. people in their new home reading a book. And like you sexy up the images it's true. to the boring glossary content. It's true. It's almost to the point where like what you write in the tweet sometimes is not nearly as important as what it looks like. Even just the formatting so of it. I, I, I have a bit of a pet peeve and I see this a lot in, in e-commerce where like I'm seeing a lot on Instagram recently actually with a big brand. But they have like a really cool visual like a beautiful lamp or a beautiful whatever going on i'm like oh i like that my home could use that swipe up or you click and it's like email capture i'm like no i would like to buy please (laughs) and then maybe maybe i find the tiny little x in the corner or maybe i don't um and then i get through to uh the landing page and it's not the sexy product i want to buy it's like here's your category i'm like no I literally am ready to like check out on my phone right. and buy the thing and I can't find the thing. Right. That, so it's you, the same thing. Like don't bait and switch people with your content. Right. No, 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 you can't be sexy and not be content at the same time. Like it's just, right. I, I don't love people. Yeah, right. Don't lie. Cause you're having about the conversion. Like they're going to find out at a certain point that like, this is not what this was, what you, what you thought right. it was. It's going to happen right. and they're going to be pissed. Yeah. And, and the brands that I've noticed this on a lot. They're actually, they're a big e-commerce brand and they have like great SEO strategy. And some of the strategies I've implemented, I've learned from like people who've worked there and presented on their, on their strategy. 
And I'm like, who's your PPC team? Like, what's going on here? I mean, that's like that's that's like the worst when you click an ad and like the, the landing page has like nothing to do with what exactly was going on here. But okay, Wait. perfect. Yep. And how yep. did you rank for the ad to begin with? Anyway, we don't know, but okay, whatever. Anyway, anyway. so yeah. with that, I have a little game that I do with my guests. Um, yeah. I call it optimize it or disavow it. So we're going to give you two options, either two really good options or two really bad options. In this case, I think they're both good options. Um, and you're stuck choosing one option over the other option. And I'm going to try to put like into a corner. What's that? Yeah, sort of. Or it's like, you know, start, bench, cut. One of these games, um, marry, date, or I think it's the F word and whatever it's called. Um, yep. I'm not going to say it right. <laughs> I got that right. Um, something like that, but SEO style. So this is the Yosef Silver version of Optimize It or Disavow It. Your two choices are overall reading level, you're targeting the overall leading level. You're, you're thinking about the overall reading level or like a zero sum. You can only do one. You're optimizing your H2s. So you're either targeting your readers or your reading skimmers. Level. Reading level. Oh, no, skimmers. Because you have your skimmers. They're not even going to read it. They're just going to look at the H2s. Yeah, but the readers are going to convert. Ooh, okay. I'm going to optimize it. Okay. You're going to go for the readers. It's always yeah. good. It's always good to go quality. Yeah. It's cheap to go after the H2s. Doesn't feel good. Feel icky inside. And then when we like do uh like rewriting in three months, we'll we'll get to the H twos. Right. <laughs> It'd be great if like great H twos, but the content's like written by a first grader. Right, to be fair, if you have great H twos, I mean if you have the great H twos, isn't that just the bait and switch? If it's crappy. But yeah, content, basically, yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I would optimize it. That's true. I mean unless you put like the CTA like right under the H two, they don't like read the content. But again, you're you're kind of a jerk if you did that, I guess. Yeah. All no, right. I'm gonna I'm writing for the audience. Right, right, right for the audience. Right. There's no tricks, really. Sometimes, well. I feel like you're making me second guess. No, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're sticking with it, and that's it. Yosef, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate this. It was fun as anything. Real pleasure. Real awesome. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. And we are back to your regularly scheduled In Search SEO podcast. He was so much fun. Like, it's like all my, po- all my interviews are fun because I'm just a fun person. Right? No? I guess? No. All right. I think I am sometimes in a dark kind of way, but that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that with him. I th- yeah, oh, okay. That was, we had a connection, I felt like. I'm okay. I'm sure you did. It's the That's heart. Good. It's the heart. <laughs> Hold on. I got to my boy a tear first. All right. That being said, Sapir, I thought it was a very boring week in the news. I was bored out of my mind this week in SEO, but let's see what you have for us with the news. So, Sapir, please hit it with the news. Google is strongly limiting demographic targeting for advertisers running ads related to housing, employment, or personal credit. This includes targeting by zip code, gender, age, uh, marital status, and parental status. Yeah, so this comes as a result of um, COVID-19, right, where, where um, a lot of minority communities have been hit harder uh, by the financial impact of yeah. COVID-19. And Google doesn't want um, businesses or advertisers to target those communities in um, you know, nefarious sort of ways. Which I, I, it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. I very much agree with this one. Yeah. Okay, what else moving we got? on. Okay. Google reiterated... That all links from a guest post should be no followed. 
Um, so basically, this week was so boring in the news. And what we did was we took a story <laughs> that Google has talked about a hundred times and then talked about again and put it here. Right. By the way, I have a lot to say about this because I think that what Google said here makes absolutely zero sense. And I am not a spammy link building kind of person. I am a total opposite. I hate link building. Right. This is not my thing. Mm-hmm. Not saying you shouldn't link my build. My thing, though. Yes, you love link. Yes, you and long walks on the beach and disco dancing. And long walk. <laughs> right. Forgot about your love life this week. So I will talk. <laughs> I will talk about not Sapir's love life. But I will talk about. Um, Guest posting and links and no follows in a deep thought that will be on the Twitter page of this podcast, which is at insert underscore SEO. So look for that deep thought. Right. Right. Lastly, Lastly. the EU has asked Facebook, Twitter, and Google to produce a report on how they are combating false information related to COVID-19. All three platforms have said they will commit to the EU's request. EU here is genius, total genius. Okay, <laughs> the, of course, EU has a you know a battle with Google going on and all that sort of wonderful stuff. They're right. no genius here because they're they're putting themselves in a in a power position and say, okay, Google, we want you to tell us what you're doing to make sure that you know crappy information related to COVID nineteen shows up on your result pages. Right. Right. So that Google is in a in in the non-power position, having to acquiesce to the EU's demand. Right. What's so what? And what's Google going to say? No, we will not tell you how we're how well we're doing at preventing crap from showing up for COVID nineteen related queries. Right. That's a bad PR move. Bad PR. So they have to do it. They don't want right. to do it. So the brilliant move by the EU to put themselves into the power position over Google as part of their ongoing war. Blah blah blah. <laughs> right that's all that's it great yeah. like i said wasn't really into the news this boring. week you did a great you did a great job with this up here considering oh, okay. that i found the news to be very light and boring this week but a uh, great job <laughs> appreciate that i i always do a good job i didn't say no you always do a good job <laughs> as much as i give you a hard just time stating facts here that's right just facts no sarcasm <laughs> with that let's head off to our fun seo send-off question This week's send-off question is brought to you by Sapir and the letter V for I don't know what. What? Letter Sesame v? Street. Sesame Street. Sesame Street. What? We go, we go through this every freaking time. We go through this every time. <laughs> it's ridiculous already. Just watch Sesame Street. You'll know what I'm talking about. You insist on making references to shows that you know I didn't watch. Like, <laughs> that's been, that's that? true. Because I don't know. I got a kick out. It's so stupid. <laughs> I get a kick out of it. I feel good about it. Yeah, I think. Can we just yeah, get to the okay. question? Come on. Yeah. Okay. This week we're asking: If Google had an alter ego, <laughs> what would be its name? Hmm. I took inspiration from Eminem's Slim Shady. Oh, did you? Well, then go for it. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> the I don't know. I don't really have an answer. <sighs> Wow. So you ha- you had this question. You didn't think of an answer for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> way, way to put effort into the podcast up here. Hey, I came up with this question right. more than you did. Is it really? Going to ignore Anyways, that comment. What? Going to ignore that comment. Okay, Fine. My answer, answer is um, Google's alter ego would be William uh, – Donald William Percival <laughs> Cunningham Ferguson the third. What the hell? Hmm? Okay, why? 
because it's like a very um you know like royal sounding name like you know the duke of whatever the duke of edinburgh that would be like that be his name i don't know uh, who the duke of edinburgh is i just watched the crown and it's the name that sticks up my mind you should have added the third or something so no no i have to do the third it's always the third third you know <laughs> robert covington william mark ferguson the third <laughs> Okay. Wow. That that was a Philip Todd episode. Mark John Covington the third. He got it. You got it. Morty. Because Google yeah. acts like the royalty sometimes, and it could be a little bit of a pain in the rear end. See, uh, I had a real answer. Okay. Unlike you, you have no criticism of me. You had no answer. He's like, oh, I gotta say anything. <laughs> you could have said chair, chair. Google's <laughs> alter ego's name is chair. Why? I don't know. Whatever. And that'll do it with us. That'll do it with us. That'll do it for us with this episode of the In Search SEO Podcast. Don't forget to tune in next Tuesday for an all-new episode of the In Search SEO Podcast. It's been In Search because we're all in search of something. Thank you so much for tuning in and toodles. Toodaloo. Toodaloo.